Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning, the final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Chicago Cubs 7, the Cleveland Indians 2. The Chicago Cubs sweep the two-game series from the Cleveland Indians. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And it was a little bit tough watching these last two nights because the Chicago Cubs really put a whooping on the Cleveland Indians. They score seven runs in both games, hold the Indians to only three runs. Tonight, for the Cubs, it was seven runs on eight hits. For the Indians, it was two runs also on eight hits. So it shows what we did with those eight hits. It didn't help that the Cubs walked nine times in this game. So add nine walks to those eight hits. That's a lot of base runners. The Indians only walked twice. So maybe that was the difference tonight. Uh, They had guys on base when those hits were coming. So let's look over the game. Let's take a look at what went down. And it just had that feeling all night. You just had that feeling like the Cubs were just going to continue to add on to what they did the night before. The pressure just felt on for Carrasco. He was struggling on the mound. The umpire was had a strange strike zone, to say the least. I, I'm, I'm going off of what the play-by-play announcers were saying, whether I was watching it on TV or listening on the radio. And from everything they were saying, it sounded like the strike zone was kind of all over the place. But Carrasco was also all over the place. So Carrasco only goes four and a third inning, gives up four hits, three earned runs, five walks, seven strikeouts. Now, some of those runs were inherited runners that the bullpen gave up, and those runs get charged to Carrasco. When he left the game, it was still one nothing. And, yeah, he threw 103 pitches. And only 57 were strikes. He threw 103 pitches in four and a third innings. I mean, yeah, when you're walking five guys and striking out seven, you have to throw a lot of pitches. So it added up fast for Carrasco on the night. There were a couple of mound meetings and stuff like that where just they were trying to talk to him. They were trying to get his confidence up maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe. I haven't heard the press, the uh, post-game interview, so maybe he was shooken up still by what went down with Krasko and Plesak. But, you know, as far as this podcast goes, I'm going to put that behind us for now and just focus on what's happening on the field. And Carrasco was not sharp tonight, even though he does get seven strikeouts. He actually turns it on after that, that those mound meetings and gets himself out of some pretty serious jams with some strikeouts. So... He fought. He fought the whole night, but it was not his night. It was the Cubs' night. The Indians did threaten early in the game. Jose Ramirez hit a double in the first inning. Nothing came of it, though. Famille Reyes starts the second off with a single. Nothing comes of that. Famille Reyes actually had himself a good game. Famille Reyes had three hits on the night and four at-bats with a strikeout in his last at-bat. He's got his average up to 292 with a 754 OPS. So, Famil Reyes is starting to find something here. And uh, there were some pretty hard-hit balls tonight from him. So that's good to see, but couldn't really do anything with it. Anthony Rizzo, talk about a line drive home run in the top of the third. He homers off of Carrasco. on a. They joked on the play-by-play call and said that he used a one-iron. 
And that's kind of what it felt like, just a low line drive that just, it would have still been rising maybe when it hit the seats. So uh, Rizzo gets the scoring going, and it stays one nothing for a long time. The uh, Cubs threaten again in the fourth, and here's what I'm talking about, Carrasco getting himself out of jams. So he walks Hayward. They have a mound visit. He walks David Bodie. They have another mound visit. He gets Victor Carantini to strike out swinging. While he's striking out, it's a ball in the dirt. It gets away from Leone, and the runners move up. So he's got runners on second and third now with just one out. He strikes out Jake, Jason Kipnis with another curveball in the dirt, and then he gets Chris Bryant to fly out. So it really felt like that was the inning the Cubs were going to break things open. And Carrasco managed to continue fighting and hang in there. All the momentum felt like it was on Chicago's side. And Carrasco was able to hang in there and get two huge strikeouts. I mean, two runners on with no outs. You're thinking, all right, maybe I give up one. Maybe I can get my way out of this. But no, he gets the strikeouts. And he's really turned himself into a good strikeout pitcher uh, later in his career. All right, the Indians don't do anything. Fermil Reyes gets another hit. And then the fifth inning, it's almost like uh, the fourth inning repeating itself. This time, it's hits. Anthony Rizzo singles. Javier Baez singles. So uh, Rizzo goes to third, and then Javier Baez steals second. So now, instead of first and second, nobody out like it was in the fourth. Now it's second and third, nobody out. And he still continues to fight. He gets Wilson Contreras to strike out on a check swing, and the umpire calls him out. Contreras is not happy about it. Breaks his bat on the ground, argues with the ump, gets tossed from the game. And they decided, you know what? I feel like Carrasco has gotten all that he's gotten. We're, we're going to take him out now. Leave him, let him leave on that note, right? I, I just made me think of, like, if you've ever been, like, playing pickup basketball or you've been playing golf or you're shooting darts at a bar and you have the perfect throw or you have the perfect shot, which, hey, that works in golf and basketball. And maybe it's the game-winning shot, and then everybody goes, hey, how about one more? Or uh, it's like only the 16th hole, and you still got two more holes to play. Or you stick around for another drink at the bar. Y- you should have left on that good shot, because you end up continuing to play, and things just go horribly wrong. Those last two holes in golf are terrible. The next pickup game, you can't hit a jumper. You should have left when you had the hot hand, when you were feeling good about yourself, and instead you played too long. And I feel like this was the moment where Terry Francona goes, you know what? That's, that's a good moment to end on. He got a strikeout. L- let's just leave it at that. Unfortunately, the bullpen comes in. Ali Perez, who's been rock solid for us all season, he, uh, he, they intentionally walk Hap to try to set up a force everywhere, right? Load the bases, maybe get a double play. Unfortunately, Jason Hayward's up. And what did I say yesterday? Jason Hayward is going to just continue to bother the Indians throughout his career. He's just going to continue to be a thorn in our side. It's only his sack fly. Wait till later in the game. It brings in Rizzo. It moves the runners up. And then David Bodie singles on a line drive. Both runs come in to score. He gets caught on a run down to end the inning. But unfortunately, Oliver Perez gives up those runs, gives up the lead. And at 4 nothing, to be honest, it felt like the game was over. I Just all the momentum this entire week has been on Chicago's side. It just felt like they had our number. The Indians do get a run back in the bottom of the fifth. Jose Ramirez, uh, they actually load the bases. There's an interesting play where 
Uh, Cesar Hernandez hit a bloop into left field. Chris Bryant came screaming in, dives, lays out for the ball, raises his glove like he has it, which all outfielders do, right? We, we get that ball in the dirt, and we raise our glove up to show we caught it. They go back and review it, and he actually trapped it on the, glo- on the ground and then kind of like vacuumed the ball up into his glove. So uh, after a replay, he's saved. We got bases loaded. Jose Ramirez up. Sack fly. He hits a fly ball out to left field. Actually, shallow left field. He really got jammed on it. And uh, But Tyler Naquin was aggressive from third. He comes in and scores. Lindor grounds out to end the threat. So we do get a run across. It's 4-1, to one, but it's still like... It maybe if they had done something with that bases loaded situation, how many times does it feel like this year that Jose Ramirez or Francisco Lindor has been up in a really good hitting situation and just the big inning hasn't come from it? Not the way the Cubs have. The way the Cubs have the last two days, they always get that clutch hit. They always get that big hit that brings a run in, not us. Adam Simber comes in now and... Uh, he gives up a home run to Chris Bryant, the first batter that he faces. Bryant crushes one out to the bleachers in left field, so they get that run right back. It's now 5-1. We do get one more back in the bottom of the seventh. Jose Ramirez walks to put runners on first and second, and Francisco Lindor lines a shot up the middle. Cesar Hernandez comes around to score. At that point, it was 5-2. to two. It just, it still felt like all the momentum was in the Cubs' side. You know, we were just scratching across a couple runs, filling up the box score a little bit. But Carlos Santana grounds out to end the threat. And, yeah, 5-2. It still just felt like the Cubs' game. Cubs get a couple more guys on in the eighth against Karinczak. Karinczak actually pitched a really long in this game. Karinczak pitched uh, only, it was an inning and a third, but they left him in there for 33 pitches. It it seemed uh, he's really letting his bullpen guys go here, especially this week. Maybe it's because there's an off day tomorrow, but I was surprised how many batters Karinczak actually faced. He went one and a third, gave up a hit, a run, two walks, and four strikeouts. So, Walks and strikeouts, that's going to be Karinczak, right? But the uh, Cubs do scratch across a couple of runs. This time it's Jason Kipnis. Jason Kipnis gets more revenge against the Indians. I want to call it revenge, really, but I'm sure he enjoys playing against us. A ground rule double down the line. Brings in Jason Hayward to score. And then the last run would come across with Ian Happ walks, and then Jason Hayward doubles on a line drive into the right field corner, and Ian Happ comes all the way around from first to score. And that's the ball game, 7-2. to They shut us down in the ninth inning, get a double play to end the game. And the Indians, once again, eight hits, but they couldn't do anything with them. The Cubs did a great job of really spreading it around. Looking at the box score, like I said, Vermeil Reyes was really the hot one for the Indians tonight. He did, Strangely, he went three for four, no RBIs, no runs scored, so nothing came out of any of it. But still, three hits on the night for him is huge. Carrasco battled, uh, but everybody gave up a run tonight for the Indians who pitched. Carrasco, Perez, Simber, Karantrick, and Wickren, everybody gave up a run tonight. So I guess I'm going to have to give my MVP for a day to Fermil Reyes. Three hits. He, Like I said, he's got that average up to 292, and that's great. That's great to see him. I, I know we all want to see Fermil Reyes hit home runs, right? We want him to be the next... 
coming, you know, Jim Tomey or Albert Bell or Manny Ramirez in this lineup, pronk. But, you know, I'll take three singles. I'll take an average climbing up towards 300. You know, the home runs will come. The power is there. We all know that. The home runs will come. But to be a 300 hitter, I'll take that, especially in the fifth spot, in the fourth spot in the lineup maybe one day. So that's good to see from Fermil Reyes, and he is the MVP of the day. Now, it just felt like the Cubs just, it felt like they were on a different level, right? Didn't it feel a little bit like we were out of their league, right? They were, they were, they were kind of in the elite levels of uh, Major League Baseball right now, and we're kind of middling around the middle of the pack. And looking at some of the stats, uh, some reflect that, some don't, actually. If you look at war, team war, they're actually second in the league behind the Padres. The Padres are 4.0. The Cubs are 3.4. So that's uh, wins above replacement, which is a little strange to think about for a team, but they do have a team version of that stat, and they're second in the league. Now, when you start to look at some other things, weighted runs created, so it's WRC+. plus. So this is a good measure of what a team is doing with their opportunities, creating runs, and then the W and the the weighted runs created means it's taken from an average of 100. So the Giants are actually at right at 100. They are the league average right now when it comes to runs created. The Cubs only come the Cubs come in at fifth. So pretty good. Pretty good, pretty elite. You're talking Yankees, Phillies, Padres, Orioles. Come on, the Orioles are up there and Cubs. So some of those are elite offenses. But taking a look at things like slugging percentage, the Cubs only come in at 10th at 429. At, at batting average overall, the Cubs come in at 9th at 245. Their team batting average is only 245. Now, I'll tell you, there's only a handful of teams. Only the top six teams are actually hitting over 250 as a team. So it ain't great all around. Uh, here's an interesting one. BAPIP. Batting average balls in play. The Cubs are sixth at 302. So on the balls that actually make it into play, what then is their batting average? So sometimes this reflects how good a team is hitting, how hot a team is, how lucky they maybe be. Um, so they're they're near the top in all these statistical categories, but they're they're like within the top 10. So they are not the elite of the elite when it comes to the stats, but it sure felt like that compared to the Indians. And you don't even want me to tell you what the Indians rank in all of these stats. Suffice it to say, it's probably 25th to the bottom of the league in most of these stats. And yeah, I mean, we've come a long way from the 2016 World Series. The Cubs still feel like a dynamic offense that could do damage every single night all the way up and down the lineup. And the Indians just don't feel like that right now. We know the guys. We know the names because we've seen them play. We know what they can do, right? We know the damage they can do. It just doesn't feel like it's there right now. Now, with that being said, coming up, we're facing the Detroit Tigers. We got an off day tomorrow, so no podcast on Friday morning. But coming up this weekend, we got the Detroit Tigers. It's going to be a three-game set. And if there's ever a chance for this offense to explode... It's going to be against the Tigers. They're, listen to the ERAs from their starting pitchers. 
Now, Spencer Turnbull is pitching good. He's 2-0. He's got in three starts. He's got a two ERA. They're, the ERAs for their five starters, their listed five starters, are 2, 5.74, 9.2, 7.36, and 6.35. So that's one ERA even under five. So if there's ever a chance for the Indians offense to explode and to wake up, it's going to be this weekend against the Detroit Tigers. We do face Turnbull on Saturday. On Saturday night, he goes against Shane Bieber. So you know that's going to be another fun game. The stats for Turnbull right now, it's only three starts. It's 18 innings pitch, but it's looking pretty good. His strikeouts per nine are at 9.0. He has not given up a home run yet. So we'll see if the Indians can get to him. His ERA plus, again, the plus means that 100 would be league average. His ERA plus is at 218. That is high. So we'll see. We will see what Spencer Turnbull brings on Saturday night. But this should be a good chance for our bats to wake up. Now, what about the Tigers' offense? What do we have to expect facing our pitching, who has been elite for everything up until Tuesday? Well, I can tell you that uh, they got a couple of 300 hitters on this team. And they got a couple of guys that have OPSs that are pretty high, including Jacoby Jones, who's hitting 311, 733 slugging percentage, 1.113 OPS. So look out for him. Look out for Austin Romine, who's batting 308. He's got an 838 OPS. So Miguel Cabrera is only batting 189. But he still has a 724 OPS. He still has four home runs on the season. He is definitely still dangerous. So that is what the Indians have coming up this weekend. So there you go. It was not a great series against the Cubs. I think I think all the Indians players will be very happy to just put this week behind them, put the stuff that went down on the last road trip behind them in Chicago, put the stuff against the Cubs behind them, have an off day, and then get to Detroit and have a fresh start against a new team and a new series. So that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Cleveland is the Chicago Cubs 7, the Cleveland Indians 2. We'll be back on Saturday morning for to cover that Detroit game, to cover that first matchup in Detroit. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can now email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show, and we'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.